Welcome back to the 49 Away Podcast. It's been a while, but we're back. We got a lot to get to on this episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Myself and Chevy will break down the 49ers 2022 schedule. We'll talk about games we're looking forward to most, tough stretches, where the Niners can get their wins, and some trap games as well. We'll get into all of that. We'll talk a little Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo is still a 49er. It is the end of July and that it's still happening. So we will talk a little bit about that. And hopefully it's the last time we got to talk about that. And of course, as training camp gets underway this week, we will talk about some of the headlines that we are looking forward to most come training camp. So keep a lot. Got a lot more 49ers content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Faithful, faithful, faithful. It has been a minute. Our apologies. It's been, there's been a bit of a hiatus here on the 49er Way podcast, but we are back now. Training camp, getting started this week. A lot to get to. To be quite honest, usually there's a piece of news or something in that lull between May or usually after the schedule drops until now in training camp. But to be honest, there hasn't really been a ton. There's been a little bit of Trey Lance stuff here and there, which we'll get into and all that, but we can finally take a look and get into the training camp battles that are going to be up and coming in the next few weeks. Chevy, it's it's been like five years. What's going on? Yeah, it's been way too long, man. I mean, the schedule released, it was an explosive offseason for the NFL, but other than that, you know, there really wasn't much to discuss. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Niners do going into training camp. And, uh, you know, we'll see all of the battles, the QB battles, the, all the other position battles. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good season for the Niners. Let's hope Trey can fall out. I mean, spe- speaking of quarterbacks, you would really think that after this, like, month and a half hiatus that we've been on, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a 49 yeah, man. Oh, oh my God. Like, we've been since the season ended, since that NFC Championship game ended, we accepted the fate. Even Jimmy accepted his own fate after that game. It is July 25th, and the dude is still a 49er. I can't, I, I like, I'm like, I think we both know it. Like, we were literally talking about it the other day. We obviously know, like, the injury is is not helping his cause. And obviously, that's realistically, let's be real, that's also the main reason why he's no longer the 49ers quarterback, let alone anybody else's quarterback, is because of his injury history. But, like, I I, I don't know, man. Like, let, let's just get this in and out the way, and then we can move on to everything else. But, like, what do you honestly think we're going to do with Jimmy? Because, like, at this point, I don't know. Yeah, if you asked me what you did in the off season in March, I would have said Jimmy G would be gone by now. You know, I'm completely shocked that Jimmy G is still here. Uh, I do think, as you mentioned, the injury is the biggest reason why Jimmy G is still here. Teams are probably uncertain of if Jimmy G is fully healthy, how Jimmy G will be if he is fully healthy, can he stay fully healthy, all of those uh, uh, stuff and more. But uh I really think that uh, if the Niners can keep him on the roster, obviously there's a salary uh, to him, an expensive salary that I'm not sure if the Niners necessarily want to play. But if they pay, but if they do want to keep them on the roster, I think that's definitely uh, the best bet unless you can find a trade partner, which uh, the only one that's been kind of popping up now is maybe Atlanta. But uh, yeah, otherwise I would keep Jimmy G. 
uh, see if he would uh, agree to a backup role for Trey Lance. And uh, if not, I don't know, uh, have him sit and, you know, recover his injury, practice, and that way the moment a team's quarterback goes down with an injury, because, you know, every year a quarterback goes down with an injury. And if they're looking to compete, Jimmy G is right there for them. Yo, no doubt. And I think that may end up being what happens. So there might be a situation where Jimmy's on the roster, but he's just inactive every week, if that makes sense. I feel like that might be a realistic thing. And then obviously the reason that he'd be there is exactly to what you just said. Just seeing what happens throughout the season. Because if a team who's competitive, they lose a quarterback, why not go and kick the tires for Jimmy? And at this point, John Lynch cannot beat around the bush anymore. Just take what you can get and just send him out of his way. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no point in, in in trying to do this dance and trying to get something higher. At this point, it's like, look, Baker went for a fifth. Baker was a number one overall pick. In my opinion, is Jimmy Garoppolo a better quarterback than Baker? Yes, but honestly, not by very much. They're very similar in a lot of different ways. But my point is, Baker was the first overall pick and dude literally got traded for a fifth round pick jimmy if like if you get a sixth rounder just take it like it doesn't matter at this point just ship him out and just it's done with but that's the thing is we don't know who it's going to be like there are not many suitors out there i saw seattle as a realistic option i feel like they want to do it obviously the niners are going to be dumb enough to trade him so obviously if jimmy gets released he could end up getting picked by seattle and i don't think the niners want anything to do with that because next thing you know that would literally be the worst possible thing to have Trey versus Jimmy twice a year. No, thank you. Like, no, no, thank you. There are 31, there are literally 30 other teams in the NFL. Not like Seattle is literally the only team that I don't want him to play for. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he ends up on Seattle unless, as you said, he does get released for the salary reasons. Uh, I think that's the only way. I don't see us trading him to Seattle unless they trade us like a second round pick or something like that just because of how bad the market is if you can get value for jimmy g i think you take it no matter who it is but yeah i i don't see uh us trading with seattle uh for jimmy g like trading jimmy g to seattle yeah the the jimmy g situation i thought it would have been uh over by now but obviously we're still here talking about it because he's still a member of the san francisco 49ers so uh we'll we'll see how it goes but uh hopefully he'll be healthy enough for the season he can uh hopefully he'll commit to a backup role to help out the team help out trey lance because you never know what happens with injuries like let's be real the reason why we drafted trey lance was because jimmy g was off injured and mm-hmm. you can't have that in your quarterback. So it never hurts if your backup option is the guy who's won you who's won you games consistently over the past three seasons when he's healthy. So it's not the worst case scenario if he agrees to it, which I am not sure he will, considering the turmoil that's happened over the past two years with the quarterback situation. It's it's not even that. Like Jimmy Jimmy's just an incredible dude and I've only said like a million times on this podcast but again it's it, it there's a certain level of respect does that make sense mm-hmm. and I just feel like yeah. Jimmy has done enough where it's like okay yes I understand the injuries but give me a break if the dude is healthy and he can throw the damn football the dude deserves to be starting he does not deserve to be a backup and it's not like if he's on the roster Jimmy should be starting it's no it's as an organization the 49ers are moving on to Trey Lance. It's not a who's better type. Thing. It has nothing to do with that. It's 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 very clear, actually, to everyone that right now, 
Trey Lance's start, including Jimmy himself. So it's not like anyone doesn't know that. It's If Jimmy's on the roster, it would most certainly be the worst-case scenario. But I wouldn't say it's like the worst thing for the Niners. It's absolutely not the worst thing. It's just not ideal. That's, I think, the right word to use there. It's not an ideal situation. It's not the worst thing. Not ideal because Lord have would I would I take Garoppolo over Sudfeld as my backup any friggin' day of the week? Like I'm like I the moment this, look there are three preseason games in August. The moment Trey Lance gets pulled, I'm turning it off. Like I'm I do not care to watch Nate Sudfeld and uh for an hour and a half. Like no, without all due to respect, I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd rather have Jimmy G as the backup, but I just don't see it as a viable option. I think Sudfield will get the job in the end. Oh, yeah. I think Jimmy yeah, G yeah. will be gone. Uh, and I'm actually intrigued to see how Purdy does in uh, training camp in uh, preseason because he was an interesting pick. I'm pretty sure he, was he the Mr. Irrelevant pick at the end there? I believe I so. I think Brock like Purdy was. Yep, I, I yeah. think he was. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But not, let's 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 move to Trey for a little bit because I know we're yeah. going to be talking about him all season, but, like, the little bits that we've heard, it's been so mixed. Everything from in-house, they're pleased with them, everything like that. So here's my question. Did you did you see the, the rumor that came out today about what some, like, I don't even know, some NFL executive said about Trey? I, I thought it was hilarious because there's, there's been a few over the last, like, month and a half, and it's just comical at this point. Yeah, I've seen all of the stuff over the last month and a half about how oh, Trey Lance, you know, his arm's dead, Trey Lance this, Trey Lance that, and how some of his teammates are just making fun of that stuff in the media just because they find it so comical that all of these reporters are talking about Trey Lance in the offseason when they're not on the team, they're not seeing the development, all the stuff, oh, coaches say he's not ready, oh, players say they want Jimmy G back. I, like, I, I don't believe any of this stuff, you know, I, th- I think it all with, like, a uh, shred of uh, credit. I really think that Trey Lance is the starter, no matter what's going to happen. Like nothing's going to change Shanahan's mind. Nothing's going to change the entire organization's mind. Trey Lance is the starter. I don't. I don't need to hear stuff about oh how he's not ready and stuff like that. I will see that personally, make my own assessment of that in preseason, in training camp, in the regular season. Uh, it does suck that you know you're going in with that unknown as. as at the most important position in a season where you're trying to win. It's not like we're trying to rebuild around Trey Lance. We are a winning team, a winning roster, and you're kind of throwing Trey Lance in there. Yes, he's had that year to develop. There are some concerns, but, you know, I I do think Trey Lance is the guy. We did spend a lot of capital on him. Trey Lance kind of has to be the guy. I as I don't really want to put that much pressure on him, but he kind of gets that pressure when you trade so much draft capital for to select one guy. He's supposed to be the face of your franchise. You know, it, it's kind of on both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and I think Trey Lance knows that. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, which rumors are true, which rumors are false. And uh, I think hopefully we're going to be looking back at this offseason and think, how crazy was it that NFL reporters were saying that Trey Lance, you know, has a dead arm and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, the dead arm. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, so so just for, for comedy reasons, here's the one that came out today. So some random NFL or an anonymous coach, my bad, executive coach, whatever, they all just talk smack. This guy goes on to say, that would be like my early Christmas present if they get rid of Jimmy so that we 
no, so that what way he can't play for them and then make Trey be your guy. First of all, that doesn't even make sense. But second of all, <laughs> like what? Like I how could like how could anybody make that assumption and say that when the dude has had two starts? The dude has literally played two games. Like you can't make any and, and here's the thing. In those two games that Trey Lance played, it's not like Trey Lance threw like four or five interceptions. It's not like Trey Lance, you know what I'm saying, went out and was like a yeah. one for 17 or like two for two. No, we barely lost to the unbeaten Cardinals. We actually had a chance to win that football game. And then, yes, we struggled against the Texans, but we won that game. And Trey Lance had a significantly better second half than the first half. And that was his second NFL start. So, like, I don't really know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know where. Yeah. The thing about executives and coaches in the NFL or in sports in general is they always look at what works, what's been winning. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been winning for uh, the Niners. You know, it's been getting us to important playoff games. We made a deep run last year with Jimmy G, even though he was injured and stuff like that. So, I understand the reason, oh, Trey Lance, you know, he's such an unknown. Like, why would you do that when you're trying to win and stuff like that? But if Trey Lance, like, the glimpses we saw of Trey Lance and how dynamic this offense could be under him with all the playmakers we have, like, I just don't see how you don't take the chance to try it out. And if it works, you look like a genius and you're Super Bowl contenders every year for the next five, ten years. If it doesn't work, yeah, you are questioning it. Why didn't they start Jimmy G? Why why did they get rid of Jimmy G so fast? Why did they give up all the draft capital? I understand the unknown, which is why it makes executives and coaches lean towards, oh, they need to start Jimmy G. I hope they don't start Jimmy G because it would give them a worse chance of winning because of the unknown. And, and I think a lot of people inside sports, inside the NFL, are scared of the unknown because uh, it will lose them their jobs and it will lose them games, which is why, you know, you see a lot of people stick with, uh, think about the head coaches and how it's kind of like a carousel and how Mm -hmm. if one gets fired, they'll get hired somewhere else because it's worked in the past. And that's just how it goes in sports sometimes. But I think it's kind of delusional. Yes, it works in the past and it gets you to a certain point, but you're not going to go above and beyond and win the thing if you haven't done it in the past. You need to get that dynamic guy and you need to go and kind of copy what the NFL has been following with these dynamic quarterbacks. And adding that to Shanahan, who's one of the most offensively gifted head coaches, I'm just very excited to see the ceiling of this offense this season. Oh, no doubt. And you know what, though? That's something I've always admired about Kyle Shanahan and John Linton over the last five years. They've never been afraid. Like, they've mm-hmm. never been afraid to take a swing. They've never been afraid to take a risk because they've taken a lot of them. And you can't say, like, obviously, in the last five years, it's been hard to judge because you were in a really strong rebuild when they took over. And if Jimmy had stayed healthy in 2018, that's a big if, right? Then yeah, they, I think we all know they would have been a playoff team. Wouldn't have been a good playoff. It would have been a wild card team in 2018. But they would have been a good football team. 2019, they went to the Super Bowl. And then 2020, injury galore. And then last year, NFC Championship, even despite starting the season three and five at the midway point, still managed to make the NFC Championship game. They have not been afraid to take risks. Trey Lance, no doubt, 
is the biggest risk they've taken because he's the quarterback and he's the future of what John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are trying to build. And on top of that, they've already built a roster, which literally when you look at the 49ers roster, they this is a championship level roster. Like this is a team that, that can compete for a Super Bowl. And I can say that confidently, but the Trey Lance thing obviously puts the wrinkle into it. That's why people are saying, oh, if they put Jimmy Garoppolo on this team, the Niners are in the Super Bowl conversation easy. But because nobody knows anything about Trey Lance, you can't make the judgment call about that. And that's fine. That's why I'm so excited for September 11th, man. Because like it's we're going to get to see this offense because it's not going to be like what it was last year. Kyle Shanahan tailored his offense to what worked and because Trey Lance didn't have a full grasp. And you would not expect a 21-year-old who did not play an entire season of college football in his last season to come in and learn one of the most complex offenses in the National Football League. That's just unrealistic. Yet he tailored his offense to where Trey Lance would run a lot and went more to his skill set. That is actually the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo started every game and it wasn't a mix of him and Trey Lance because there was such a different skill set, right? Shanahan would have to tailor his offenses to two different quarterbacks and he couldn't do that, which is fine. Now, here's a little nugget for you and whoever the hell else listens to this. Want to take a guess of how many starts Jimmy Garoppolo had prior to getting traded to the 49ers? Uh, I'm going to go with four. Two starts. Uh, Trey Lance played, though? Trey Lance has started how many games? Two. Okay, everybody shut up. There you, there, <laughs> there you go. So, like, that's where, like, you can't make a – you cannot make a proper assumption if you don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo – sure, he played five, six games, but in those other three games, dude was coming in garbage time when the Patriots were getting their ass kicked. The two games he actually started, he only has started two games and then he got hurt. Trey Lance has only started two games. Like, you cannot make – sure, you want to go and say Jimmy Garoppolo started behind Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Sure. Trey Lance sat behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who sat behind Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo has played in two NFC Championship games. So, like, you see, the, you know, what I'm trying to say here. You cannot yeah. make you cannot make an assumption, and you don't want to say anything. Because, like, look, obviously, Trey Lance could be horrible. Trey Lance could be Patrick Mahomes. Guess what? Guess what, friends? We're going to find out in a month and a half. Like, that's, that's all I got to say. Like, there's nothing more to even sit here and talk about about the whole Trey Lance thing. At this point, it's just funny. And the dead arm thing, back to your point, I oh, I, I don't even know where that came from. It came literally out of left field. I'm like, I didn't even see a legitimate report. I just started seeing people tweet about it. I'm like, what? I'm like, OTAs ended like three weeks ago. And y'all talking about a dead arm? Like, what? Oh, Lord. Yeah, pe- people just try and, you know, throw stuff out Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, the, what I look at all these things, I'm just screenshotting the mom. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait till like some random day in November when the Niners are eight and three and Trey Lance in the MVP conversation, and then I'm gonna bring this shit back up. Yeah, now, I I don't know. I don't know. But MVP is a little a little. It's it's pretty far fetched. And I even a oh, lot yeah. of people said that though. I don't know if yeah, you probably saw that too back in like I think May or June. There were some posts on Instagram and Twitter about people being like, "Oh, Trey Lance is soaring up the MVP odds," and I'm like, "Okay, let's uh, let's relax a little bit here. Like at MVP odds, that's like for a dude we don't know anything about. That's a little bit much, but I think that's putting more emphasis on Kyle Shanahan utilize. There you go. Exactly. Mind you, we don't even know if Debo is going to be suiting up September 11th. That's a whole yeah. other. That's yeah. a whole other conversation. 
I don't know what the hell's going on there. Again, I'm trying to be calm and patient about that certain subject, that everything will work itself out. But we're running out of time here. Like, the clock is ticking. Like, we got to get that sorted out, like, immediately. Because I don't want to say, like, oh, without Debo, we're screwed. But, like, come on, let's be real. Without Debo, we're going to struggle. Like, it's not, like, like, I don't know who we have that could substitute that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I do think that we're going to see a breakout year out of Brandon Ayuk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know that him and Lance have oh, a yeah. connection even going back from last year. And I think maybe that does cut into a bit of Debo and what he did in the previous year. But I still think you need Debo Samuel. He's such a valuable player. And that doesn't take away from that. But I think Brandon Ayuk is going to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Anyways, we've definitely talked a lot about the quarterback position. Uh, I think we have that settled. I think even the Niners nation knows that the quarterback situation is settled and it's more of a when, not an if Jimmy G uh, is moved and Trey Lance will be the starter. So, you know, I think it's time to look at the schedule for the next season. Do you want to kick us off with the start of the schedule? Bet. Yeah, no, let's 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 definitely get to that. And I do want to get back to the B.A. point real quick. I'm totally with you. I definitely think B.A. is going to have a great year. Like he, and it's even, you look at how last season, how dude progressed, even from, I don't know what the hell happened at the beginning of the year. There's some ish with Shanahan and McDaniels and blah, blah, blah. But dude ended up, he got the message and dude stepped up to the plate. Yeah. Knowing him and Trey already have that chemistry. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but that's fine. Whether Debo's there or not, BA, I think is going to be, have a good year. And your boy JJ, I think is going to have a huge year too. So that's what I'm saying. We bring Debo back and you have those three and George. Lord have mercy. Plus, plus the run game. We all we all know what that offense can do. We just get Debo signed. All right. So yeah, no, the schedule. We never got to this in May. So I'm glad we're gonna take a look at this here, deep dive into this. I'm gonna be real with you. When I saw the list of the opponents before the schedule was coming out, I was like, dude, this is gonna be tough. I'm like, I saw, mm-hmm. I saw Denver, I saw KC, I saw the Chargers, I saw the Bucks, I saw the Saints, and I'm like, oh Lord. And then you got the Rams twice. I saw KC. I was like, this is like for Trey Lance's first season, there is a lot of hard. Like, this is not like last, last year, we had a lot of easy games. This year, there's a lot of tough games. But then the schedule comes out, and I'm like, looking at it, honest to God, this is not that daunting. Like, there are a few stretches where it's like, yeah, this is going to be tough, but like, there's really nothing on the schedule where I'm like, yeah, we're screwed, if that makes sense. Because usually there's like that one stretch in the season where you're like, oh, that's a bad, that's an ugly stretch. I don't really see that with the Niners here. So I'll get, so I'll, I'll start it off here. Week one, we're going to Chicago. I like that. I may, I think, I feel like this is something that Lynch and Shanahan have told the schedule makers because I've now I've noticed a trend. This is like our third straight year of starting with a one o'clock start on week one. Um, so I feel like that's something that kind of just like, all right, let's just get it in and out the way. And we've done well. We've done well in them too. So we got Chicago week one and the Bears look like an absolute mess. So I think that's fine with me. Week two, Seattle at home. I'm fine with that too. Seattle looks like an absolute mess too. So you got two games right out the gate that are like, you know what I'm saying? Those are winnable games. Now Seattle- Good to ease them in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even like week one, the whole Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, that's going to get some talk anyways. Yeah. So that's, a, you know, that's that's a nice little matchup right there. And then week two against Seattle, of course, you can never, can, even though Russell Wilson's not there, you still cannot count the mail. Like I still expect to 
I still expect that to be a tougher matchup, but like, come on, if Russ is not there, we should be able, and it's a home game. We should be able to win that one. Now, speaking of Russell Wilson, we play the guy the next week on the road, Sunday night football. Now that that's a tough game. Like I look at that and I'm like, this now this Trey's going to have a hard time with this one. Denver's defense is very good. You're playing on prime time in the mile high. That's going to be a challenge. And then after that, home against the Rams on Monday night. Those are the first four games. Bears, Seahawks, Broncos, Rams, two road, two home. Broncos and Rams are both prime time as well. What are your thoughts on the first four games of the season? Yeah, you know, I think looking at the schedule in general, it's a good clump of, uh, you know, easier games and then harder challenges. Uh, But yeah, looking at the first four, I'm very glad that it's kind of an ease-in for Trey Lance with Chicago and Seattle 1-2. I do think the Justin Fields-Trey Lance narrative is going to be brought up a whole lot between now and September 11th. And I really think it's going to be a good test for Trey Lance against a lesser Chicago team. You know, their defense isn't the same as it was in previous years. They're still figuring out their offense. I think they have a new head coach and everything. So it's a whole lot of change in Chicago, a whole lot of we'll see. Whereas the Niners, you kind of know who they are other than at quarterback. So it'll be a good kind of a test and a good kind of welcome into the season for the Niners. And then, as you said, going back home to Seattle, it is never easy to face a division rival, especially the Seattle Seahawks. But they are not the same Seattle Seahawks team as you alluded to. There's no Russell Wilson there. Uh, The defense is the same kind of med defense that we've seen in the past. So I think they're kind of looking towards more of a rebuild. I'm excited to see Seattle start Drew Locke. Uh, for 17 games because that will be fun as a Niners fan to see Drew Locke play 17 games for Seattle but yeah I I like the start and then yeah going into Denver uh, is not going to be easy whatsoever it's always hard playing in Denver with the altitude it'll be a good challenge though oh it'll be a great challenge but you're going into the into Denver with the altitude you're facing one of the toughest defense in the leagues and then you gotta go against Russell Wilson on offense like that's going to be a challenge. Uh, and again, it's Sunday night football. You know, it's prime time. You're going to get all this attention. How are you going to be able to adapt to this attention? And then back to back prime time with the uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Niners, our second home game on Monday night football. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough challenge. But I think if you get for, if you get through the first two and you get wins in the first two, you can carry that momentum and pit, and if you can split the next two. That three and one going into week five is going to be looking really nice. Exactly. And then who you got after the, the Rams? Panthers and the Falcons. Yeah. Too easy. So you got too easy, too hard, and then too easy again. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I like the way the schedule is. Really, the whole first half of the season goes too easy, too hard, too easy, too hard. It's got Bears, Seahawks, Broncos, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Chiefs, Rams. Literally. Easy, hard, easy, hard. I love it. It's a very well-balanced thing there. And, and it's you got a little bit road, a little bit home as well. Um, the, the Rams game, you say it less. Like Rams, Niners, Monday night, home game, Buck and Aikman on the call. Like you already know that's going to be a movie. Like it's every time, every time Niners play the Rams now, it's just like a whole thing. So who knows what the hell is going to happen there. It could be a blowout. It could be an overtime. Like some kind of nonsense is going to happen in that game as it always does. Um, but it'll be interesting with Trey 
in that game, though, right? Because we know Jimmy was the Rams' kryptonite for the longest time, and Shanahan has not done well against the Rams without Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're adding Trey Lance into this little rivalry. It'll be very interesting. I, I can't. Every time we play the Rams now, like, you know, for the longest time it was Seattle, right? It's like, that's the game. Like, oh, I'm excited for it. Now it's the, for the last two, two, three years, it's the Rams. Every time when the Rams are on the schedule, I'm like, that's the game. That's the game I'm looking forward to. But the other one to add in here too, Chevy, is we play the Rams twice in four weeks. And that's yep. it. Which is very interesting. So we don't have to deal with those scrubs in December and January. Well, unless we meet in the playoffs again. But I think I think that's interesting too. Yeah, I was going to say it's nice that we're getting rid of facing the Rams entirely in the first half. You know, the first time at home and then right before the bye week. Uh, after facing Kansas City in week seven, which is going to be an extremely oh, tough matchup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm not looking forward to that matchup so far. But then They don't going, have Tyreek, though. They don't have Tyreek. Yeah, they, they, yeah at least there is a different it. Kansas City, but it's still Kansas City. It's still Patrick Mahomes. And then going right to the Rams in L.A. Uh, again, we have a great record against the Rams uh, in the regular season specifically. Uh, and in Los Angeles, we have a decent record in SoFi. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's the day. It's the day before Halloween, and you got the bye week the next day. So you know, I, I really think it's going to be a good matchup. And getting the Rams over with before your bye week is kind of massive. Again, the trade off is you have to face Arizona twice after your bye week. But uh, I, I think it would be nice not having to see the Rams unless we do again meet up with them in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm glad that we're getting over the Rams. Looking at week five, six, I mean, Carolina, who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Is it going to be Baker? Is it going to be Darnold? Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but Matt I'm Coral. not really worried. Yeah, Matt Coral, potentially. I'm not really worried about Carolina. Uh, they do have a good defense, but their offense is still really questionable. They're still looking like a fringe team. Atlanta, they have interest in Jimmy G. So there's a chance that, uh, you know, week six is uh, Jimmy G versus Trey Lance in Atlanta. Uh, And if not, you know, Marcus Mariota, he knows Arthur Smith very well uh, back from the Tennessee days. So who knows how that Atlanta offense is going to look. You know, their defense looked much improved at the end of last year. I wonder if they'll carry that momentum into it. But again, those two teams, they're kind of more wild card games that you probably have a better chance of winning. And again, just like the first two weeks, you need those wins to carry that momentum into Kansas City and uh, Los Angeles against the Rams. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. The Falcons one is a weird one because it is facts. The Niners, mm-hmm. for some reason, always struggle against Atlanta. Mind you, last year we annihilated them. That was probably one of the most perfect games I think I've seen the Niners play in a long time against Atlanta last season. Um, but then you look at a game like 2019 where the Falcons had no business competing, come in and beat us. So where the Niners had a, play, had a playoff spot at stake in that game. So the Falcons are a weird one. But then again, the reason why I don't look at them the same is because Matt Ryan's not their quarterback anymore. Like, it's, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I like I like Marcus Mariota. He's not Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan is a is it was an MVP quarterback. He's, he was consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I and I cannot wait to see what he does in Indy, man. That's a whole other discussion. But like him in Indy, like good luck to the Colts because they need it badly. And I really do think Matt Ryan's that dude. But Atlanta. Yeah, I don't. Bl- I don't blame you for saying that. Like they're a weird one, but I. It's a game that the Niners should win, and same with Carolina. Definitely. Like they're not. Those are games we should not. 
um, have a problem with, but we'll see what happens. That, that KC game, I know we're all looking forward to it. I know we all don't think about that Super Bowl game, but, like, come on, let's be real. <laughs> we all want to beat them at least one. Like, I, I know it's on all of our minds. I know it's probably on the players' mind. I know they probably don't care about it as much anymore, but, like, I know they're like, nah, 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 we still want to get, get them once here. So I know there's that, too, because we've played the Chiefs twice under Kyle Shanahan, and both of them left really, really, really ugly taste in our mouth. The, the Chiefs ruined our season not once but twice. In week three of the 2018 season, Garoppolo tore his ACL. Boom, season's over. 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 for the Super Bowl. They took away our, our championship dreams of getting our sixth Super Bowl. So we want to get them back this time, and hopefully Trey Lance is that dude that can do it. Hopefully he's that dude that can go in and do it. But even like I like you said before, Tyreek or no Tyreek, I'm still expecting KC to come out and, and play and play good ball. It's it's gonna be a good game. It's a great tough game. Two very good again. The stretch with Denver and the Rams and then KC and the Rams. Very, very good stretches for Trey Lance. Like this is the experience that he needs to play in big games like that, to play against Russell Wilson. Patrick Mose and Matthew Stafford, those are three of the best quarterbacks in the game right there. Going to be awesome. And all four of those games are going to be nationally televised games. Great experience for Trey Lance in the early and right out the gate. And can we talk about how nice it is to have a bye week in the middle of the season oh, and not yeah. at the start of the Absolutely. season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, much needed. We were getting killed near the end of the early year buys. with injuries. Yep. Yeah, because of the early bye yep. week. So having that bye week right in the middle is going to be so nice for us and hopefully will give us the much re- needed rest to help us continue that momentum going into the playoffs and into the later half of the regular season. No doubt. I, no, that's a great call because even – um. I think last year was a week six. The year before that was week, I think four. I think. Four, yeah. Like, yeah, we we got killed with early bye weeks, so it's mm-hmm. pretty big that we're able to get a midseason bye week. I think that that's a huge dub for sure. And then coming off the bye, Niners have home against the Char- two more primetime games, mind you, home against the Chargers, and then at the Cardinals, which is not at Arizona. That will be in Mexico City on Monday Night Football, two primetime games. The Niners always seem to struggle off the bye week. That's my only thing with the Chargers. And the Chargers are a good football team. So yeah. that's one that, like, I, I feel like that's, if I had to bank on it and make a prediction, I think the Niners probably lose that game. But then they go on the road to Mexico and play Arizona. I think they get that back. There's going to be a lot of Niner fans at that game. The Mexico, we got a nice fan base up in Mexico. So, like, I know they're going to be balling over there. But I those are two games, like... They don't scare me. The Niners can compete with both these teams. Like, they don't scare me. But, like, I feel like one of them, we're probably going to drop one of them. I just don't know which one it is. Yeah, I think we're going to do well in the Mexico City game, like you mentioned. I do. I think the Chargers are going to be a team to look out for this year in the NFL. They added so much to their defense, especially getting Khalil Mack. Like, that's such a great addition next to Joey Bosa. Uh, I really think they've learned a lot from last year, you know, that – decision that came down to the wire that ended up losing them uh, the, a playoff spot and uh, their playoff hopes that I think it's going to fuel them. I think Chargers are going to be a team to watch out for the entire year. But yeah, the one thing I'm really noticing about the second half of the season after the bye week is we only have two games on the road and the rest of them are at home or neutral ground in the uh, Mexico City. So I think that's a massive advantage for the Niners. Given we haven't played our best at home 
in the past couple years. But anytime you can have that advantage of playing at home for majority of that second half will really give you that boost. The fans are going to be into it. The entire uh, uh, city is going to be into it. And I really think that's going to be massive. And you're only two away games. One of them's against Seattle, which, as we've said, they're not the same Seattle team as the past. And that is a Thursday night game. And then the other one is against uh, the Raiders, who who knows where they're going to be in the in the uh, standings, especially they're in probably now the toughest division in football in that AFC West with Kansas City, the Chargers themselves. And I'm blanking on the last team. Oh, Denver, uh, which it, it's just such a tough division. And it sucks that we have to face that division this year. I know. But, uh, but yeah, only two away games. It's, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. And I think that's going to be a big uh, help. But yeah, as you mentioned, Chargers and Cardinals right after the bye week. And then after that, we face uh, the Saints, who maybe they're not the same Saints because they don't have Sean Payton, but they're still the Saints and you never want to count them out. Miami against uh, Mike McDaniels is going to be a big challenge and something I'm very excited to see. And then, of course, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. So you kind of have a big stretch of games of some maybe a bit easier than others, but they're all pretty competitive teams. So that's going to be the biggest stretch that I am worried about as a Niners fan. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that's a good call. Like, I, I knew the back end of the schedule was backloaded with home games, but I didn't realize there was only two true road games. That is facts. That's, that is ridiculous. And again, I know a lot of, a lot of Niners fans aren't happy about that because we suck at Levi's, but hey, if there's a time to, to be better at home, now would be the time. Yeah. But it is like, again, there doesn't really seem like a stretch. Like if they're sure, if there is a stretch that's like kind of tough, I'd say Chargers, Cardinals, Saints. But even then, like the Cardinals and the Saints, even the Dolphins too, they could either be really good or not the greatest. I don't think any of those teams are going to be bad. I'll just leave it at that. Like, I think either, like, all three of those teams are good enough to be, like, somewhat competitive, but it's how competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Saints, first season without Sean Payton, right? How are they going to do without him? How's Jameis going to be coming off the injury? They have a lot of talent. Like, I think a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Saints are going to be a competitive wildcard team, and I honestly think they will. But how good can they be, right? No Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. How good can the Saints be? Cardinals, it's the same ish with them every time. They have a great start. They get off to like a hot like six and two start, and then they go two and six down the stretch. Can't take them seriously. And guess what? Lucky for the Niners, we played the Cardinals twice in the second half of the season. So lucky for us. And well, then, but, but now, but now Kyler has to study film for four hours a uh, a week. Did you see that? Where it's now wow. in his contract as part of his four hundred sixty wow. million dollar or two hundred and sixty million, whatever big the contract is, he has to study for four hours, which wow. I think that's a weird thing to put in the contract because it kind of tells teams that, that must have been doesn't like to study film. That must have been the problem then. Because we yeah. like come on, let's be real. We all knew there was a problem. Yeah, with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, we all knew that. Like, it wasn't like something that we didn't know about. That might have been one of the factors there. Maybe Kyler just wasn't studying enough film. Maybe he it just wasn't taking seriously that they had to put that in the contract. You know? Oh, and, that is. That, that's your yeah, guy. I think that's something to exploit. It's like you're paying this guy so much money to be the the franchise quarterback of your team. No doubt he has the talent, but 
if he's not willing to put in the work to study the film and uh, and you have to actually put it into his contract to make it a contractual obligation for him to do, I don't know if you're really going to want to bank that much money in on him being the guy. But, uh, you know, that's Arizona's problem and not the Niners' problem, and I'm very happy about that. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I mean, that's the thing about yeah. Kyler. Shocking news. Kyler, he's an unbelievable talent, but he does not seem like he's the greatest leader. Just no, no. Enough, watching enough Cardinals games, that's kind of the – and it's not just me. I've heard multiple people talk about it, that they've noticed that about Kyler Murray. That's interesting. But, yeah, well, the Niners got them twice in the second half of the season. So Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, the Mike McDaniel game, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Tyreek Hill, although we're not getting him against Casey, but we are getting him in week 13. So the Niners are going to have to worry about that one there. Week 14. This is the game, Chevy. This is the game for me. I, when I looked at the whole schedule, I said, this is the game that I'm looking forward to most. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This very well may be Tommy's last trip back home to California to take on the team that said no to Tom Brady. Us. The Niners yeah, I, I in December. Like take advantage of that. You know, he's definitely going to try and win. That oh, game. come on. It's Tom Brady. Of course he wants to do he, he wants to come in and beat us by 40. Absolutely oh, yeah. wants to do that. But not even to, like that. It's late December. You know, there's going to be playoff stakes. It's probably going to be the America's Game of the Week on Fox. You got like, there's so much. But for Trey Lance, like you talking about, like I know we talked about the games or like yo, those are the warm up games, right? On the road against Russell Wilson. You got the two Rams games. Patrick Mahomes, right? That's good. That's a nice little warm-up. To, you know, to the, but now, when the Niners are, are trying to play for a, for a wild-card spot or maybe even the NFC West, you got to face Tom Brady in mid-December. You are tw- like, They're literally 20 years apart. They are literally 20 years apart. Trey Lance against Tom Brady. In December, like I, I literally so for I don't know if I'm, I'll sleep that week. Like I will be so excited for that game because, like, you just you don't see a quarterback matchup like that every day, mind you. I just want to see Nick Bosa chase Tom Brady. Like, come on, who the hell doesn't want to see that? Like, I just want to see the, like Bosa just run after Tom Brady. Like that has not happened as of yet. I I literally can't wait for that matchup. And then here's the trick: there's always a trap game. There's always a trap game on schedule. Week 15 at Seattle Thursday night. That's my trap game. Yeah. No, I I fully agree with you on that trap game, especially because it's the Sunday to Thursday. Like, that is Mm -hmm. always brutal for every single team. And then it's against uh, your division rival who's supposed to be weaker. And we suck at Seattle. Like, I don't even care if Russ is not there. We still stink in Seattle. Like, it's not, like, any different. Like, I'm expecting to lose one of these games. Like, I obviously, like, if there's a year to sweep the Sea Chickens, it's this year. But, like, obviously, like, I'm not, like, it would not shock me if we dropped one of these games at all. Like, I'm literally expecting it. If there's one to lose, it's probably going to be that one. You have this high intensity, a lot of emotion in this Bucks game, and now you got to go on the road to Seattle Thursday night football. That screams trap game to me. Who knows? It could be the opposite, but, you know, but like, looking at it on paper, it's, it's that. Then they come home on Christmas Eve and play Washington like that. The Raiders... I mean, obviously, there's always that that rivalry there, so that's going to be somewhat intense. But like you said, it really just depends 
on where the Raiders are and where the Niners are. Like whether that game will actually like have more meaning to it than not. Week 18 home against the Cardinals. So that's what I'm saying. Like I, I look at it, I see a few tough stretches, but like there's no significant stretch where I'm like, this is really hard. Like unless the unless like the Saints or the Dolphins like pop off and they're like 10 and one or something like late in the season, then okay, maybe, right? Then maybe. Then I'm like, okay, Saints, Dolphins, Buccaneers. Woof, like that's a tough one. But it really just depends. But when I look yeah. at the schedule, there's a lot of great challenges for Trey. But I really don't think this is something like I look at the schedule and I see we can we can definitely get 10, 11 wins out of the schedule. I know we can. Yeah, I think the game you have to put a bit more respect on is uh, against Miami. I think uh, Mike oh, yeah. is going to come with a chip on his shoulder. I don't know exactly how two is going to be. But if two is as accurate as Tyree Kill keeps on saying, with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle in that offense that Mike McDaniel's is coaching, like look out! I I really think Miami's gonna be a, a kind of a boomer bust team. It all really does depend on Tua, but I really think they're gonna be a team that's gonna take a lot of uh, teams by surprise, and they may be uh, you know a bit up in that standings in another tough division. Man, the AFC just kept on getting tough keeps on getting tougher and tougher you know the nfc used to be the toughest uh conference yep. in football for the last while but i think the afc is clearly overtaken the nfc now not even so, close yeah it, it's ridiculous how good the afc has gotten so i i am i think that if miami does live up to the standards that i think they are in my head i'm not necessarily as sold on the saints as you may be but even if the Saints are mediocre, that Chargers to Tampa Bay stretch is going to be our biggest challenge of the season. I'm with you on that. Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I agree with that. And especially coming off the bye week, right? But that's mm-hmm. also what I mean. Like, Trey will have those four challenging games early in the season. Then when you come off the bye, it won't scare him, right? It's like, yeah. I've been in these tough games already, right? I played the Rams twice, Casey and Denver. Those are four very, very good warm-up take challenges. I wouldn't even call those a warm-up. I call them a warm-up because they're in the first half of the season. Those aren't even a warm-up. Those are playoff games. But Trey's going to get his first taste of that, so then these games won't scare him later on. But uh, I am 110% in agreement with you about Miami. My first instinct was, oh, Lord, like that that's actually a trap game. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm with you. Like I think you and I and a lot of other Niner fans are really high on Mike McDaniel. We know what he can do. He's We think he's going to be the next guy and these young quarterback in this Shanahan tree that just keeps growing and keeps budding because look at how Shanahan, LaFleur, and McVay have, realistically, if I'm being honest, if there are four names that have ruled the NFC over the past three, four years, I'm just going to say it right now. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Tom Brady. Those are the four dudes that have owned the NFC for the last three, four years. Those are the four dudes that have been either coaching or playing in NFC championship games for the last three years. Rams, Packers, Buccaneers, Niners are the four teams that have been representing in the NFC championship game for the last three years. So no doubt. But Miami, the reason why I look at that game and I'm like, I think the Niners will be fine is because of how good Kyle Shanahan does against his former coaches. And that's the reason why that game doesn't scare me as much anymore. At first, I was the same as you where I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But then I was like, wait a minute. Shani owns LaFleur and McVay. Like this, this should not be like as a pro- even even better. Shanahan knows Mike McDaniel 
as good as anybody, but you can also make the case otherwise. Mike McDaniel knows Kyle Shanahan better than anybody. It's going to be a good game no matter what. Like, no question. Like, it's going to be a good game no matter what, but it could go either way. But the reason why I'm not as scared anymore is because I know Shanahan has a really good track record against his former coaches. That's the only thing. But I don't know, man. This should be interesting. We have all season to talk about this. I kind of said the game is if there's one game before, like, just for time's sake, we can just run through our um, training camp previews we're looking for. And then next week and week after, we can go into a much more deeper dive into it. But one last schedule thing. So, like, I, I told you the game that I'm most excited for. What's the one on the schedule where you're like, that's that's the one that, like, I cannot wait for? Yeah, honestly, it's going to be against the Chargers Sunday night football. Okay. I just really think that the Chargers are a team to be and the team to beat right now in the NFL. I, I mean, wow. obviously you can't really say that because it's way too early. But I mean, the, the additions that they had, the steps that Herbert took last year, their offensive line is looking stacked. Like they don't really have a hole and they're in the toughest division in football. So if they're able to, you know, win their games against their division, Look out, man. I, I think they're going to be a team to watch. And coming out of that bye week, Sunday night football, that's going to be the most important game for the Niners, I think. No doubt. I mean, that, the, like the one, the reason why I look at that one, that one kind of scares me is because coming off the bye and it's Sunday night. Like the Niners, like mm-hmm. that just seems like a game that the Niners usually lose. And the Chargers, like you said, are they're a very good team. Like Justin Herbert is no joke. That's another quarterback, man. Like you, you know the quarterbacks Trey Lance has got to go up against this year. Like, it's Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray twice, Tom Brady, Tua Tagovailoa, Derek Carr. Like, there there are a lot of good quarterbacks that Trey Lance is going to have to go up against this season. But again, it's it's great experience. All right, moving on here, just again for time, so we don't have as much time as we would have liked to for the training camp things, but... Um, let's kind of, I mean, there are a few ones, but let's, let's just guys set the table for the next few episodes, I guess, in terms of training camps it starts yes, this sir. week. What's a position that you're looking, I mean, there are definitely a few, but like, what's one specific position where you're like, I think this is going to be the, the biggest competition in Niners training camp. I think right now the biggest position battle, I mean, it's tough because there's so many positions. Exactly. Battles, I know there's right a few. Now, the, the biggest one, in my opinion, it's got to be backup running back. You know, mm. Elijah Mitchell has put it set in stone that he is RB1 for the team. I think there's no doubt in anyone's mind, you know, even though Shanahan loves using so many running backs, but who's going to step up to be that number two option? Is it going to be Davis Price, who we just drafted out of LSU? Is Trey Sermon going to come back and look yep. good? Is Jeff Wilson Jr. going to stay healthy and take that number two role? There's so many options there, and I don't think there's necessarily a wrong option given how Shanahan loves to use his running backs. But I think that's a position that he's looking for. He's looking for someone to stand out in uh, training camps and in preseason to kind of take that role as the change of pace to Elijah Mitchell. How about you? That's a good, honestly, that's a good call. And it's funny that you say that because a few days ago, a report came out saying Shani wants to use more of a running back by committee. But it's like, is that really like a rumor? That's not even a rumor. He that's used a, a running back committee. Shanahan he, thing to do. The, the dude uses running back by committee every single year. Like, it's, yeah. there's really no difference to that. I think Elijah Mitchell should no doubt be the workhorse. I think that mm-hmm. for sure. Like, he should be your first down back, no question. But, it's, it's like who's going to be that third down back I think is going to be the thing. And that's like you said, Jeff Wilson should be the lead candidate because he's been that dude. And even last year, 
coming off the injury, I'm not going to lie, Jeff Wilson didn't look like his normal self, which is expected when you're coming off a torn meniscus. But he even then, he wasn't that bad. Like, I, he came back, and, and then Shani kind of got away from him in the playoffs and went to Jermichael Hasty. And I didn't, personally, I didn't like that. But it is what it is. But now this year, Jeff Wilson's not coming off an injury. He has a chance to come back. But then they go ahead and take Ty Davis-Price in the, in the third third round? Something like that. It was an early yeah, pick. Third round. Yeah, it was an early pick. So it's like, okay. like Second year, you take a running back in the third round. Exactly. In the Shanahan regime. And where they're serving. known for taking uh, late running backs and then mm-hmm. getting out. So we'll exactly. see. <laughs> exactly. And Trey Sermon did not pan out last year. So there's a lot of if there's if there's anyone who has the most pressure on him, it's Trey Sermon. Who wants who needs to come out and have a big preseason? Otherwise, who the hell knows where he's gonna be? But I'm I'm kind of excited what to see Ty Davis Price. Like I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's a bigger dude. I'm seeing me the thumper guy that you're gonna add in there. Like this goes so many different ways, but like come on. When I'm looking at the Niners running backs, dude, Elijah Mitchell won me over last year so much. And like I don't give a crap about any of these other dudes. I will see Elijah Mitchell carry the ball 20 times a day and I'm fine. Obviously, we can't do that because dude dude got banged up quite a bit last year. So we don't want yeah. that. And that's why we think we want to share the rock a little bit. Um, in terms of the running backs, but of uh, good lord, I love Elijah Mitchell. Like I could literally go on all day with that kid. For me, I think one big like defensive corners is I think the one for me is is corner is who's gonna start because we right now we have four capable starters: Ambry Thomas, Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley, Charvarius Ward. Four capable starters that could be starting. Charvarius Ward, we did not sign him to not be. He's gonna be corner one. But who's going to be corner two? Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas. I know you and I talked about months ago that he's going to be able to compete. I don't think Ambry Thomas is going to beat out Eman or Verrett unless dude just has like an incredible camp, which is entirely possible. But I think Eman or Verrett's going to take that over. Now, the real big question is who's going to take on Kwan Williams' spot? Because that's the big one. So we got one question mark of who's playing aside Charvarius Ward. And then we got another big one of replacing K1 Williams because K1 Williams, I'll be real with you. Like that was a big loss. Like I, there's a lot of ones in free agency that were like, mm, I don't like DJ Jones was a tough one for me to see. I know we all know how I feel about Lake and Tomlinson as well. That yeah. was a tough one to see, but K1 Williams, like this dude in the last two, three years was, a really, really arguably you can make an argument he's the he was he was the best nickel corner in football. Like that was a big loss to have him walk. Now I do think we kind of saw that coming. So it's not mm-hmm. that much of a surprise, but like in terms of talent and filling the void, it's a big void to fill. So was that gonna be Lenore? Do you move Eman to nickel? Which I could honestly see. I don't know what they do there, but I'm really intrigued to see what they end up doing in the secondary there because they have a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of talent. But where do you put that talent? Of course, safety. Who's playing aside Jimmy Ward? That's another one. Is it going to be George Odom, Hofunga? Who's going to be that guy there? And then my other one is offensive line. I'm re- I think all eyes are going to be on Mr. Aaron Banks at right guard, or uh, left guard, sorry. That's the obvious one. And then Jake Brendel at center. That's a huge one right there. What about you? Yeah, you know, 
starting back at uh, the secondary, as you mentioned, I was going to say you left out Lenore's name, and I thought he was for sure right now he's my number one to start at nickel for the Niners because I think he just has that nickel kind of feel to him. Uh, you know, him and Thomas got a lot of the rookie treatment last year, sitting on the bench, coming in when they needed, and uh, they look decent. I think another full year of training camps, OTAs, preseason, I think they're going to have big shoes to step in. I, as you mentioned, I don't think Thomas will start. I don't see him starting over E-Man or Verrett. Yep. But, yep. yeah, injuries come and go. We know how often our uh, secondary gets injured. So I think Thomas will play a larger role in the secondary this year. I do think Lenore is going to be our nickel. But, again, I could see anyone stepping up and being our nickel. And I, I think that's really on the coaching staff and who they think will step up the most. Uh, safety battle, I think Hufunga right now has the edge. But I yep. do think they brought in Odom to help in that safety room, bring some experience, and compete for that strong safety position. Uh, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, the offensive line, that is the biggest question mark heading into the season. Uh, who's going to start at left guard? Is it going to be Aaron Bakes? Is it going to be Colton McKivitz? Uh, is Justin School going to get a look there? Is Jake Brundell the guy at center? You know, there's so many question marks on that offensive line, which has been a staple for the Niners in the pre couple previous seasons. So that's another massive question mark going into training camps and preseason. And then the last thing I think, uh, there's the last two things I think we need to look at quickly uh, on both offense and defense. Wide receiver three is JJ the guy. Yeah, is for Danny sure. Gray, who they drafted, mm -hmm. who I think is really underrated. You know, he has so much speed, and that's something that the Niners have missed. Uh, you know, a deep threat in this offense, and I think Danny Gray is really that deep threat kind of guy. That's kind of why they drafted him. Trey Lance has a massive arm, and I think he's going to be a big target. And then lastly, defensive line. Bosa is a lock. Armstead is a lock. Yep. Kinlaw. If he's healthy, you know, maybe Ooh, a he's lock. a lock. Yeah, no, he's a lock. He's a lock if he's healthy. Mm -hmm. The rest of the defensive line is going to be a massive rotation, which I love our rotation. It works out so well for us. Can Drake Jackson step up? You know, I really think he has a lot of promise in him, but I don't think we're going to throw him to the wolves right away. Kerry Hyder Jr., Thank God he's back. I was so happy when uh, we got him back because I thought he made such an impact in 2020 no, no. in the year with all the injuries, stepping up when Bosa wasn't there. I'm excited to see him uh, across from Bosa. Kevin Givens is back. That's going to help yep. down the middle. Uh, Mo Hurst is back. Jordan Willis and uh, uh, Samson Ekubomp. Yep. Yeah, had, yeah, had great roles last year on the team. Uh, are they going to step up again? And then lastly, Charles Amenahieu, the guy we yeah. had in the deadline. He That's had a big an one. amazing second half. So you have all these guys rotating in. You got Drake Jackson, who you just drafted with your highest pick. So a lot of uncertainty on the defensive line. It's going to be, you know, one of those training camps where there's a lot more questions than answers so far, which we haven't seen in the last while. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And Getting a guy like Drake Jackson right as your as your first pick, um, for the draft, I think it was the second round. That's a big one, mm -hmm. and I've heard a lot of great things about him. So I'm excited to see him line up beside Nick Bosa and see those two guys kind of go at it there. But when I look at the depth in terms of obviously, yeah, you know your front four, but then after that, it's like there are a lot of good players. Like you just named off a ton of them right there, and another one you didn't even get to is Hassan Ridgeway. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about him. 
But from what I know about him and I've seen him, dude's a big boy from Philly, and he can get in there too. So you got him, Givens, Hyder again. I'm totally with you. I was very, very pleased when we brought him back because, um, well, who do we lose? Arden Key is, is who we love, right? Like we lost some, we lost some tough guys in the DR. We lost him, uh, Contavious Street, DJ, DJ Jones, Jones was a yeah. massive, massive loss right there. And um, one thing to point out too is, as I'm saying, we're gonna have to go up against DJ and K1 week three at Denver. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be fun, not fun for us, but. Those two guys. I mean, I'm getting. I'm super high, especially for DJ, because I think that was his first like big contract in free agency. Could not be happier for the dude. But like, good lord, I'm not excited to have him go up against us. I'm not not very happy about that. But there are a lot of guys in there. You know, we went. We they got um uh Kalia Davis in the draft too. It's another guy you can add in there. So there are a lot of guys that you can add there on the D line that I think will be fine. But oh, we'll see what happens. There's definitely a lot a lot of different matchups here, but this is different than other years where overall it's not like there's a lot of holes here. It's who's going to step up for the losses in free agency. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm seeing here, right? Cause O-line Lakin and Alex Mack left. Who's going to fill those voids defense. K1 DJ Jones left. Who's going to fill those voids. It's basically who's filling those voids for guys that left in free agency. The rest that you look at the rest of this roster, Super Bowl caliber team. So it's really just who's going to step up for those guys that left. Yeah, one name I want to throw out there, especially on the offensive line side, that I think, uh, you know, we we just got him in the draft. I don't think he's necessarily going to step up right away, but I think he's someone to keep an eye on, especially for the backup roles and potentially looking. Uh, he does have flexibility, can play center, can play guard, but uh, was drafted as a tackle is uh, Nick Zakel. Uh, he came out of nowhere in the draft. You know, the Niners got him, and all I've heard about is how he's such a professional. He can play all three positions. He has the drive. During COVID, he got a lot stronger. He spent that time and uh, showed a great work ethic, something that the Niners love in their prospects. So I think he's someone that, you know, just keep the, keep an eye out for him. I, I, I think he's going to step up more than people expect. No, that's a name that, honestly, I'll, I'll be real with you. I haven't heard a lot this offseason about him. So that's good to know because a lot of the ones that I've heard are guys like Jason Poe, Donovan West, mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Burford, a, a lot of guys. But the one thing that you said, uh, that you said in that was versatility, and that is yeah. massive. When you have offensive line depth, that is, like, so huge when you got that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see where we're at, and I'm looking forward. Obviously, preseason's where we're going to see this a lot. August 12th against the Packers. It's in it's coming up a lot quicker than we think, to be honest. So we'll see all that, and then obviously we'll hear a lot of stuff from camp um, coming up in the next few days, in the next few weeks, man. But this should be good. This should be good. Well, that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Chevy, final thoughts is we're we're back, man. Yeah, we're back, baby. I'm very excited to be back. It's another strong season for the Niners. I'm excited to see what Trey Lance can do, and I can't wait to see how uh, the battles go in camp. Facts. We need something like something needs to go. Like I'm ready to just get into football season already. Oh, like yeah. I'm, I just need to get out there. Although, although our, our our hometown Blue Jays looking pretty nice around now, but oh, I mean yeah. we need some we need some we need some football badly. But preseason will get up underway soon and. And we'll see how camp goes, and we'll see how our boy Trey Lance goes in his first rodeo as the starting quarterback of the 49ers. But keep it locked. Got a lot more Niners content as the season gets training camp gets underway. 
and we start looking ahead to the season. And, of course, don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep a like. We got a lot more off-season content coming your way. And don't forget to give the 49 Away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.